The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. Good morning and welcome to Connection Group Sunday here at Ambassador Baptist Church. It's so good to have each and every one of you in attendance this morning. And we simply want to encourage you with this thought, you know, together is better. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter number 4, I want to begin in verse number 9. And uh, we'll read here down through verse number 12. Uh, Of course here uh, we see in Ecclesiastes chapter number 4, the Bible says... In verse number 9, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Verse 10, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Verse 11, again, if two lie together, then they have heat, but how can one be warm alone verse 12 and if one prevail against him two shall withstand him and then it goes on and emphasizes this point and a threefold cord is not quickly broken i just want to speak real quickly on just better together all right let's do that for a moment but first let's have a word of prayer dear heavenly father lord thank you so much uh, for this local body of believers lord as we're ending our summer and uh, folks are coming back from vacation and we have the opportunity lord of getting back into a routine i'm praying that you would use this semester lord of our connection group bible studies really just to redirect our attention toward you toward your word and toward our local assembly I pray that you would bless this campaign. Lord, I'm asking that you would just really strengthen our hearts as together we dive into your word and allow your word really to be, Lord, that which cultivates the right desires, uh, the right worldviews, the right values in our hearts and lives that would give us the grace that we need to navigate this life in a way that would bring glory and honor to your son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen, and you may be seated. Um, Some of you may or may not know this, but uh, Pastor Nick last week decided during the middle of the week that he was going to take a hike through Yosemite uh, to a little rock, maybe you've heard about it before, called El Capitan, all right? And so how many of you know what I'm talking about? If you know anything about this, this is not a little hike. This was an all-day excursion. And so yesterday, my wife and I, we were talking about your trip up the mountain, and and, uh, she asked, you know, if there were many people, and I explained to her, no, there wasn't a whole lot of folks on the trail, and he told me he saw like two or three people the entire day as he was hiking there from the bottom to the top of the mountain. It took him all day, and as we were talking, my wife said, what would have happened if you would have gotten hurt, you know, halfway through the day, you know, and all of a sudden maybe, and uh, I said, I don't know, maybe he would have learned a lesson here from Ecclesiastes <laughs> chapter number four, you know, uh, you know, where the Bible says, you know, if woe, woe to him that is alone when he falleth, you know, and, uh, but that's what this verse is talking about, that there is something to a togetherness. And and I want to talk about this in light of the local church context. We live in a world, a day and age, America, where we really almost in an unhealthy way pride ourselves in being kind of self-made people. 
You know, we, we like to think that we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, you know, that we, we just kind of, you know, kind of clawed off a rock somewhere. We really made ourselves who we are. And there's this something about being an American that kind of like we have this John Wayne kind of, you know, individualism about ourselves. And, and it's very American, I guess you could say. But honestly, as you go to the Word of God, it's not really biblical. You see, the Word of God, when it speaks about, you know, the Christian life, it often speaks about it in the context of community. It talks about this idea that we weren't meant to live this Christian life by ourselves. We weren't meant to do the Christian life all by ourselves. Can I say this? The Christian life is not a self-made project. This is something that God designed, the Christian life, and growing in the Christian life is meant to be done in a faith community, a community that God calls His local church. And I know this is going to sound strong, but you cannot fully be who God wants you to be or who He's designed you to be outside the context of a local church. If you want to grow into full maturity in Christ, then God has given you His Word, He's giving you his spirit, and he's giving you the local church. And honestly, you need all three of those things in order to really become what the Holy Spirit desires for you to be. So let me share just a couple of thoughts. The Bible says here, two are better than one. And then it gives a couple of illustrations from the physical realm on why two are better than one. And it uses the illustration, you know, if you fall down and you can't get up, how many of you remember those old commercials from back in the 90s? I've fallen and I can't get up. I, you know, you remember those, and I'm not trying to make light of that. Maybe that was inappropriate. I'm sorry. Um, but that explains what we're talking about. Just if you're by yourself, you know, and, then, and you don't have one of those clickers to call somebody, you know, well, what do you do? And so it uses that illustration, and then it uses the illustration here of body heat, and, and then it goes on in verse number 12 uh, to talk about a, this threefold cord is not easily broken, and it uses some illustrations to describe a concept that scientists would refer to as, let me give you a fancy word, synergy. Now, some of us would be familiar with this word synergy. For those of us who are not maybe used or, or, or we've not heard that term before, let me just define it. Synergy is the phenomenon in which the combined action of two things, so you got two separate things, synergy is when the combined action of those two things results in an effect that is greater than the sum of their individual parts. All right, how many of you tracked with me on that one? All right, some of you are like, ah, the others of you are like, you know, I, what, what's going on here? Synergy is saying, hey, there's these two things, and they each can produce something in and of themselves. But synergy is when these two things come together and actually produce something more than the sum of what these, if you were just to add them separately together. That's what synergy is, and that's somewhat of what's being referred to. Hey, two's better than one, verse 12, and then three is even greater than that. And so I want to share a little bit. What does synergy, what does unity do within the context of the local church, and why is it so important? Let me say, number one, synergy is superior. If, I, if you're just kind of taking notes there in your service guide, write that down. Synergy or unity is superior. Superior to what? To autonomy, individuality, independence. The Bible says there is something to this unity 
to synergy that is superior than, than this idea of, I'm just going to make it happen on my, on my own. There's a lot of Christians who have tried to be like, well, you know, I'm just going gonna, gonna to make this thing happen on my own. I'm going to be what God wants me to be, with, with, but I, I don't need the church, and I don't need a faith community. And yet the reality is, it, it, doesn't, it wasn't designed to work that way. If you are not intentional about putting yourself into faith community and injecting your life into faith community, you're going to struggle a little bit more than others to move through this Christian life. The Christian life was designed to be lived in the context of community. Why? Because synergy is superior. Two are better than one. And then in verse 12, three is even better than that. It's talking about, hey, there's just this, there's this strength to synergy here. Now, as some of you have done a study on this, and I, literally, I could do an entire series on what I'm about to say next, but I've just got a couple minutes, and so I just want to kind of move through this. There are dozens and dozens of commands all throughout the New Testament given to the New Testament local church, given to us, that is given to us in the context of one another. How many of you have ever been reading your Bible and it says this, one another? Love one another. Serve one another. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of commands that are given to believers that cannot be fulfilled by yourself. You just can't do it. Literally, outside of the context of a local church community, you can't fulfill the biblical commands because it says love one another. And it's literally talking about believers. I could go through Romans 15, verse 7, accept one another. Romans 14, verse 13, judge not one another. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, encourage one another. John 15, verse 17, love one another. James 5, 16, pray for one another. Galatians 5, verse 13, serve one another. Colossians chapter number 3, verse 13, forgive one another. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, live in peace one with another. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 24, encourage each other to love one another. That's different than loving one another. The Bible's saying, hey, you need to be used to encourage other people to love one another is what Hebrews 10 is saying. James chapter number 5, verse 9, you're not to complain one to another. Hmm, that's kind of the flip side of the coin. James 4, 11, you're not to criticize one another. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 1, verse 3, you're to give thanks one with another and I could go on and on and on and on but my point is simply this synergy unity is superior to autonomy that we are meant we were designed to live this Christian life leaning into a faith community but not only is synergy superior not only is unity superior I want you to see secondly based in this passage synergy and unity it's beneficial it's beneficial. Not only is it superior, it's better beneficial. Notice what the Bible says in verse 9. Two are better than one. Why? Because, you know, why? Because they have a, here's the word, good reward. It's beneficial. Literally, what the Bible is teaching here is wisdom. This is part of the wisdom literature. And so God gives us the wisdom literature to help us understand how to more effectively and uh, efficiently navigate the physical realms of life. 
That's the, the wisdom literature is given to us for that. So we, as human beings who are living in this physical realm, we can have some basic wisdom on how to navigate this physical realm. And what this is saying here is wisdom tells us that there are literally special benefits for those who learn to labor together, those who learn to live in unity, who experience synergy. There is a, Bible says, good reward. There's benefits in the physical realm. There are benefits for people who learn how to get along to live and serve and to abide one with another. Psalms chapter number 133 verse 1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. The Bible says it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And so we see here, yes, synergy is superior to autonomy. Synergy is also beneficial. It's good for you. God's saying, hey, if you will be intentional about getting into community, if, if, you'll, if you'll prioritize your life and arrange your life so you can lean into a faith community, it, this is something that will be beneficial for you. It's wise to do this. Let me just say thirdly from this passage, not only do we see that synergy, that, that synergistic unity is superior, not only is synergistic unity beneficial, let me say thirdly, synergistic unity, thirdly, it takes work. It takes work. Here's what the Bible says. It says in verse number 9, two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good reward. It's beneficial. Notice this. For their labor. For their work. You see, not only does it take work to accomplish the task that you're doing together, because that takes work. Uh, when, when you and your spouse or you and a coworker get together to do a task, to work on mission, that it, there's a certain amount of labor that it takes to do that. But how many of you also know that not only does it take work and labor to do the task, but it also it takes work just to, to, to stay in unity while you're doing the task? How many of you have experienced this with coworkers? Like sometimes it's just as much work to, to work with a coworker as it is to actually get the job done. You know what I'm saying? How many of you have experienced this in marriage before? You and your spouse, you got something you got to get done. And it's like, yeah, it's work to get what you got to get done. But it's like just as much work to like stay in unity in that task, you know, to get along with your spouse as you're trying to clean out the garage or, you know, uh, some of you have, have different projects. It, it, it takes us just as much work to, to live in that unity. It takes a labor. And I want to say this to you, synergistic unity, it takes work. See, and this is why a lot of people don't want to be intentional about abiding in a, in a faith community. See, we're talking about connection group Bible studies, and, and depending on your church background, these have been called everything from uh, small groups to cell groups to Sunday school. There's a zillion names that we could call what we're doing. We tend to call them connection groups because we use the three C's, commitment, connection, compassion, so we call them connection groups. But they're connection group Bible studies, and, and I, I'm here to say this. One of the reasons why people, will they don't mind coming on a Sunday morning and sitting in rows because to some degree, that's a little bit easier. It's easy to sit in a row, open up your ears, and listen, to some degree. But man, to get into a circle, to start being vulnerable, start being transparent, 
then to have to get along with somebody that just rubs you the wrong way, that takes an extra measure of grace. <laughs> That's a little bit more difficult. Like, you, you kind of need a little bit more of Jesus' strength to do that. And this is one of the reasons why Bible studies, small group settings, are such a beautiful thing. One, because at times they will be encouraging. You'll be sitting there and, man, somebody will share something that they got from God's word and it'll encourage your heart. They'll, they'll say something to you, man, we're so proud of you. You're doing such a great job, man. Keep up the great work. We can see God working through your life. It'll encourage your spirit and it'll lift your spirits and you'll be like, praise God. But can I say that? That's what we call the comfortable grace of God. But oftentimes what God also will use in your Bible studies is uncomfortable grace. Most of you will have somebody in your connection group Bible study that rubs you the wrong way. It will be difficult for you to live in community with them. And I want to say this, that's a good thing for you. You need that. It's healthy. It's healthy for you to enter into a covenant personal relationship with people that are harder for you to get along with. You need that in your life. If you're the type of person who is always running from uncomfortable relationships, you're doing yourself a disfavor. You're not going to experience the benefits, the rewards in the physical realm that God wants you to experience. Because not only does he pour out his grace through comfortable means, he often pours out his grace through uncomfortable means. And, and in a small group setting, in this, what we sometimes refer to as like a greenhouse environment, you get to practice what it is to interact with somebody that's hard to interact with. And that's what, that's what we're talking about today. You see, your groups will give you both comfortable grace and uncomfortable grace, and you need both. Some of you need maybe even more of the uncomfortable grace than you need even the comfortable grace. Anybody who's been married for any length of time knows what I'm talking about. Man, if you've been married for any length of time, you've experienced friction. Okay? You don't need a point, all right? That's, that's not what this is about. <laughs> amen. That's my biggest amen, you know. But my point being is you understand that sometimes those points of tension in a marriage are the very thing that God uses in his uncomfortable grace to rub off the rough edges of your personality. And I'm saying to much the same degree, God wants to do this in a church community. Because God will use your spouse and he'll use your parents, but he also wants to use your local church to do this as well. Can I, can I say this? Not everybody in this room just loves my personality. <laughs> They're not here because they, they think I'm awesome. You say, how do you know that? Because they told me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We don't have to all just think everybody's awesome. But my point being is simply this. We can love one another and serve one another. And I want to I grow in loving people that maybe think a little bit different or have a little different experiences and, and learning how to, you know, kind of navigate all of this stuff. That's okay. It's good for us to have that. It's good for us to be in community with people that we, we got to kind of grow and, and develop. And that's a healthy thing for us. That's, it's good for me. And it's good for you. 
It's good for us. And, and here's what I'm asking you. I would like to ask you to lean in to that type of community, to lean into some of that uncomfortability of that grace. Why? Because, because yes, it's beneficial and it takes work. Somebody once said it this way, to dwell above with saints we love, oh, won't that be glory? But to dwell below with saints we know, now that's a different story. <laughs> How many of you been there before? That, you know, Bible says in Ephesians chapter number four, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. This is, God says, I want to give unity to the church and I, I, wanna, I want you to have it, but it's something that God's grace is going to have to do through you. You got to endeavor as you just yield to the spirit of God, endeavoring to keep the peace. And this is what a connection group does. As you lean into it, yes, he will give you grace both through the encouraging elements of it, but he will also continue to do work in your life through the, through the uncomfortable elements of his grace. Let me say this and I'll wrap it up. Unity is not the result of sameness. We're, we're not going to all become unified because we think exactly alike about everything and we do everything the exact same way and we all dress the same way and we all have the same preferences. We, that's not what brings unity. You'll never be exactly like somebody else. You'll never you know, see things exactly like somebody else sees them. Unity is the result of what you do in the face of inevitable differences. This is where unity comes from. How do you respond when you have differences of opinion? How do you respond? What, how, where does your spirit go? Get angry and frustrated and lose your peace and your joy and you just, ah, that person ruined my day. It's... What, what creates unity is how we respond to those differences, not trying to make all the differences go away. And that's where we see, this is how this synergistic unity can make such a difference in our lives. And we're a firm believer here at Ambassador that in rows on a Sunday morning is an aspect of what a church is supposed to do. But we cannot fulfill all the commands of being a church on a Sunday morning at 10.30 in rows. And so the methodology that we've chosen to use for this season is what we call connection group Bible studies, getting out of the rows, getting into circles, so we can fulfill a lot of these, pray for one another, serve one another, and all, where we do the, and I will say we do the majority of our church work in circles. Now, there's some very important aspects that we do on Sunday mornings at 10.30. We can't, we can't negate that. That's a very real part of what church is. But much of what we are as a church can only happen in those circles. And I want to encourage you to start by being a part. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.